0: There we go. Any time. Here we go. So that's the premise. Premise. It's got to be in secretive method. Truth for humanity is, and that while we live subjectively, we cannot detach from our human collective. So therefore, morality morality and ethics need only be concerned... Need only consider benefit agency and non an indomitable, 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 indomitable. Indomitable non aggressive defense. There we go. That's it. Oh uh, that's me. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the premise. Truth for humanity is full acceptance of our mortality, absolute existential uncertainty, acceptance of self as uniquely perfect, then choosing a life strategy to be ready for death at any time. And while we live subjectively, we cannot detach from our human collective. Therefore, morality and ethics need only consider benefit, agency, and indomitable, non-aggressive defense. That's, That's it. see if anybody bites you think you have you have the logic chops Prove my premise invalid. See you guys, what else can we do? See if anybody's got any freaking uh courage. Courage even. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, on, touch me, babe. It's an inappropriate song I sing. I'm going to sing it from my heart. It's not posting. Son of a biscuit eater. Oh, now. Okay, good. Success. Take me back. Uh, wait a minute. What's going on here? Jesus. Uh, poop. Can't even get into Facebook. What a freaking joke. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, you can feed him again. You you know, he always eat. He will always eat. Yes, it's right underneath the thing where you're standing. Uh, is anybody here? Nobody's here. Figures. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. Uh, uh. Mwah. Click to wisdom. Anyone can chat. What? Stay. 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 It's right underneath the stairs So I try, I'm trying a new tactic. I'm tired of all this, the way. The, it, it's just not working. I'm just going to take a place and I'm going to stay there with a standing challenge for anyone thinks they understand the logic to prove me wrong.
1: Oh, lining, to, not
0: this. To, yeah, to 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 invalidate my premise. If you cannot invalidate my damn, so anybody who shows up wants to listen. It's like my uh, troll idea. Ooh, let's see. Anybody else? Anybody else out there? Got any guts? Probably not. Probably not. Hey, uh, Melindy, how are you doing? I'm not hearing anybody. Let me see. Everybody's invited to speak. There we go. You there? Oh, is somebody speaking? Huh? No, no, no. I'm, I'm... I'm, Hello? Can you hear? I can't hear anybody. I've
1: been having trouble getting
0: you on the phone. Yeah, it's been tough. Uh, but I got it all turned up. Okay, so Melindy, can you hear me? Please, sound check, sound check. Anybody? Sound check. I'm down for sound checks. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I was fine earlier. I'm broadcasting right now. Are you broadcasting? I'm broadcasting right now. Yeah, I am. I am. I am. Thank you. Uh, there we go. I'm good. Yes. Okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks. So, this is my approach. I, I'm tired of... I'm exhausted of going all the creative ways. All the creative ways I've gone uh, to... All these different groups and and displayed the truth, the logical truth of human existence in all its wonderful, easy, simple ways of displaying it. Why do I feel this is important? Because if you have an understanding of the basic human truth of life, then you don't have to take any fake news. You will be able to discern what's fake and what's true on your own. It's a simple process of critical analysis and logical analysis, establishing logical validity. So if anybody has any insights, wants to visit, I'm going to invite everybody who uh, who wants to to speak speak up, at least the first four or five. So the the basic truth of life, it's going to sound so simple because you already know it. You already have it. Most people have an understanding of their mortality, that they will die. However, most I've found do not understand it. They have the knowledge. They know they'll die, but they don't understand what that means necessarily to their lives in the present moment. So in the present moment, that's the only time that's relevant. It's eternal It's always happening. (laughs) And the only day that doesn't end in Y is what? Tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. Yesterday is always gone. It's something we hold in our heads. So, for my own qualification and context, so you know a little bit about me, you can Google me all you like. I have another night. It's all online. Uh, I'm an historian. An applied anthropologist and artist and whatnot. I'm a me. I'm a human. Okay. What what makes me crazy right now is that so many people are using and utilizing data drawn from outside of what we can ever know to any degree of certainty to inform their decisions in life. Now, the problem with that is they're not keeping it to the subjective experience. They Their data that they're drawn on, they're using to inform decisions and propound on concepts that they can never know or prove to the collective to any degree of validity or any degree of confidence. In that regard it's unsafe and I am all about safety. Now I started on this particular run back in the early nineties in college. I, I figured there had to be some key correlating concepts that tied all of our spiritual and religious endeavors together in a simple whole. That's where, the flow would be, and I'm, it took me forty-one years total. So I'm a little slow, okay. So forgive me. It's it's not the new. It's just a rediscovery of what we've already had before and have tossed to the side. When we when we leave physically adulthood, that doesn't mean that we are emotionally mature at all all I all I see right now around me really is a world full of people through no fault of their own are living the life of childlike understanding it's not their fault it's not our parents fault most of them didn't get they were to be not but but where is the danger in that Okay, throughout most of human history, if you research the patterns, and now an applied anthropologist believes in the unity of humanity. Now, it's counterintuitive, but it's a fact people are not recognizing it. We are in a closed system. There is not one, not one terrarium made by humanity, that has lasted 50 years. Yet we live in a closed system terrarium. An organic, dynamic one. Who, incidentally, have defined, well-defined patterns, easily identifiable, if you just if we take a step back from our complicating habits and and force a habit of simplifying. Now, when we're children, and when you watch children, they model what it's like to be an adult by playing house. Playing marriage, we used to play uh, marriage and divorce tag. We tagged you, we were married. If the girls tagged you back, you were divorced. Kind of weird, but <laughs> that's what we did in West Texas when I was little. Um, our, those habits, those urges, is what we continue as an adult. Now, I want to I give you an example of things that you know that you don't even know. I will give you $100 right now if you can look around you at every single thing within your field of vision at this moment and find anything that you cannot imagine what it would feel like on your tongue. Take your time. I was fairly horrified myself the first time I realized that. I don't remember licking every single thing I've ever seen in my life, but obviously I did. Most of us did when we were little. Thank goodness we were resilient enough not to die. (laughs) That is an example of a knowledge that you have embedded in you and yet you're not consciously aware of it. Now, that kind of knowledge is something that is is held by the captain, or the captainette, the captain of our lives, who is the subconscious, sleeping, analytical night auditor that processes all the data, our waking conscious lives, gathers every single day. That's right. You thought you were in charge all this time. Nope. The best comparison or analogy that I can provide for anyone is that our waking lives is like being a pet dog. Get the Scooby Snacks, get to play, you run around, poop, you bark, you pee, and generally wrestle and frolic and play all day. And they think they're in charge. The subconscious mind, is a pet cat. You love the cat. You pet the cat. You feed the cat what the cat wants. When you're petting the cat, if the cat gets like clawing with you, you freeze until it lets go. Because the cat is in charge. It's a little bit wild. does what it wants. Leaves. Comes back whenever. It's got its own mission going on. That is the subconscious mind. It is in charge. Nietzsche talked about, when we finally admit to ourselves that our subconscious is the thing that's in charge, we can begin to live our lives. Now there's some, some things I wanted to uh, read, actually, that I read just before I jumped on here. And uh, anybody who has any questions, whatnot, not feel free to chime in. I'm always available. Here we go. Now, what I want to address is the nihilism that Nietzsche found very concerning in his professional life, in his life as as a study. Nihilism, in total, is saying there's... the universe and life are indifferent to humanity. Whether we're here or not, it's going to keep going. It doesn't care about us. My challenge to that, and his challenge as well, is, well, one, who cares if there's a god if there's no human to even consider it? Now, he said, uh, Nietzsche describes the the final man, right? We have a nihilism as a lack of higher values. It's represented by what was called the last man, one who is conformist mediocre, and perfectly happy to be virtually the same as everyone else. They simply do what others do. They are the mass of people who seem very satisfied with whatever comforts they have. Nietzsche described them as, thus spoke Zarathustra. Uh, And, yeah, here we go. Alas, the time is coming when man will no longer give birth to a star. Alas, the time of the most despicable man is coming. He that is no longer able to despise himself. Behold, I show you the last man. What is love? What is creation? What is longing? What is a star? Thus asks the last man, and he blinks. The earth has become small, and on it hops the last man who makes everything small. His race is as irreducible as the flea beetle. The last man lives longest. We have invented happiness, says the last man, and they blink. They have left the regions where it was hard to live, for one needs warmth. One still loves (coughs) one neighbor and rubs against him, for one needs warmth. One still works, for work is a form of entertainment, But one is careful lest the entertainment be too harrowing. One no longer becomes poor or rich. Both require too much exertion. Who still wants to rule? Who obey? Both require too much exertion. That's interesting. The last man has adjusted his standards so far downward that they're able to be met easily. He's under a woolly blanket, snuggled by the fireplace, drinking his instant coca with miniature marshmallows from his life is good mode thinking this is as good as life can get now that last man does focus on his life but on the lowest values his culture is that of entertainment does this warm satisfaction mean that he is not nihilistic by nietzsche's lights absolutely not nietzsche wants us to think of such a person as the very worst form of the condition of nihilism Hey, I, would, I want to take a moment here to let everybody know I'm not trained in psychology, not trained in psychology at all. However, anthropology is the study of the story of humanity. And as such, it touches a little bit of everything. Inherently, applied anthropology is looking for those patterns within human nature, historically, in our societal and cultural expressions of the modern age and in the past, archeological and whatnot, as well as patterns within nature that we can find that correlate. Not only that, but we look for those patterns so we can offer simple solutions to the challenges that face our continued story of existence. That's it. Now say R and whatnot. I actually don't hang out with any other fine anthropologists. Uh, by training, I'm just, you know. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna belittle myself. I'm uniquely perfect, and you are too. And that's one thing I love to illustrate right off the bat. you always here, nothing is perfect. Nobody's perfect. But there was only one man perfect. Oh yeah? If you are unique, and everything is unique, and Einstein's physics uh, theory of relativity asserts no two things can exist in the same space at the same time. Therefore, everything is discreetly itself, unique, and therefore perfect, a perfect example of itself. Why can no one else judge you any harsher than you'll judge yourself? Because no one knows you any better than you know yourself. And I would submit that statistically in likelihood from the patterns that exist, the idea of a god or a devil is still an aspirational one. We have yet to collaborate to such a degree or have any kind of degree of integrity or consistency in our systems that would enable the next level or shell of the onion, and that's just looking at all the other communities of like things that collaborate in nature. There's a degree, a percentage of collaboration that must occur before that next show is activated. So it's just you and me, Monday I'm waiting for anyone, and I think you can uh, allow people to to be on the stage. Um, anyone to come along and challenge me. So I knew, for instance, when I went to that thing in the desert, there's no way I was gonna go around and be able to see everybody. So the idea was to make a better person trap. So I could just, it would be cool enough that people would come by and I could meet them that way. I've been chasing people down. First thing I did when I found truth is I ran to the Christian Tradition because that's where I was raised. I figured they'd go. ah, oh, what took you so long? Jeez, really? You just found truth? Thank God. That was a long time. Nope. Nope. Absolutely voluntarily lobotomized from the even the ability of considering it. Why? Because it isn't it isn't anything supernatural. Because love wouldn't give us. Okay, so you're a parent, and you got a kid, and they go, can can you hand me the remote for the TV? And you go, "Uh, no, but I can hand you an existential future virtual remote from the quantum world of the future. Oh yeah, okay, that's cool, where is it? In your mind. See, it's not gonna do any good for them. It's not practical. It can't be used in this world. It can't be used in this world. What is the point? aside from all the other logical fallacies, the fact is, is that if you're going to do a systems analysis, right, and everyone in any of the religions, when you say, is it consistent with itself, will say yes. So what you do is you find, and this is within any system, you want to, you want to check out the system of homework, research that you've got, or whatever's being offered in a book, all you have to do is find the concept, or the practice that is unequivocal. What's that mean? That means it is unparsable. It is it is either or. And then compare everything within that system to that unequivocal idea, and that will tell you how much integrity the system has. So, here's the one that I love. It's because it's easy and we exist in mainly Christian tradition in America. Uh, but yeah. I guess the same would probably hold for the uh, Bhagavad Gita. But anyway, point being, First John four eight. If it is not loving, it is not God, for God is love. That's unequivocal. Therefore, anything that is not loving is not God or of God. There's a slew of scripture that is absolutely not loving, being ineffable, being unfathomable not being able not to know. Guess what? That's not love. Guilt is not love. Right? Human sacrifice is not love. You know, besides the fact that human sacrifice was banned when Abraham's son uh, was saved from sacrifice by finding a ram in a bush, at least in, in Hebrew theology, so it would make no sense then, for human sacrifice to be the thing that came along as the solution, anything you want to figure out in systems analysis, you can. The one thing you can't escape is that we are all connected. All of us are one species on a on one planet in a closed system. You can't have. Uh, you can. You can opt out and not engage with the human collective, but that has an effect. And what freedom is in the natural law idea of nature is your freedom is absolute insofar as it, until your fist impacts my face or inhibits me from being able to be uh, a person with agency. Now, what is agency? People will challenge you, they will say, agency is the ability to express in action anything that you want. I call bullshit. Why? Because free will is not an external action. If it were, that would mean you're only as worthy as the external actions that you produce. And that is bullshit. Free will is that indomitable thing that no matter what kind of torture you undergo? What kind of uh, hardship you you have to suffer? You are inviable. And that to uh, allow someone to affect you fundamentally, at the root of who you are, is to give voluntarily your agency over to another. Which is why uh, the malicious and and malcontents tend to announce everything they're going to do by accusing everybody else of doing what they're about to do. So, there is a logically valid human truth. Now what's the point of a logically valid human truth that's universal? I'll tell you what the point is. What let me, uh, let me start with a question. What is, and you can answer in the context, what is the first and most important thing made within any system? Now you can think of creation myths or whatever. It should be fairly apparent, but if it's not, don't worry about it. It's contrast. Without contrast, you are in a static existence unable to discern movement or even communicate, because there is no contrast by which to communicate through the differences of one thing to another. I thought that was pretty neat. I had, it, that had not been readily apparent to me uh, at a younger age. Hold on, just a second. While I open my jarrito, in the meantime, uh, please listen to Yogi's uh, friendly, uh, comedic, whatever. Hello, my name's uh, Donald, what are you doing here? Why? Uh, well, you didn't understand a damn word you said uh guy that looks like Donald but isn't duck uh, no no Nope, we still' don't. <laughs> we still don't understand you uh maybe if you quit talking like a duck you know nobody else talks like a duck I don't. That's the way well it's not ideal okay. We're not to on the show. Okay, I will. <laughs> I'm not goofy. I'm Jay. i I'm Yobi's friend, and I keep him company when he is bored. One of many characters that he's got, like say, Kelly the Frog. Hi ho, Kelly the Frog! You're coming to you live from Yobi's. Yeah winging it. I can't get this dang thing open any day lighter or something. I'm also doing artwork at this time, but Clubhouse has opted not to do any kind of videos, so here we go. Burp, 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 burp. Old pastel's been working on it all freaking day and night and day. Okay. And uh, screw that, Way to help. Yes, yes, this paragon of logic and uh, human truth is, is scrambling around outside looking for a means to open his Dorito. Since nobody else is here right now, you know, the golden opportunity is about to pass. For now, because I'm going to keep coming back here and bugging the hell out of everybody until somebody starts recognizing that, hey, we're working awful hard for what we're getting. What if we did something that was more beneficial for everyone? Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. Whoa. That's the tagline of my company, Works Studios LLC. Live smart, not hard. And shelter and play. That's the best way to get there. So, it brings me joy to sit here and ramble to myself. Or do you, Melindy?
1: Hmm. I'm sorry, but, um, I didn't really catch what you said. I'm
0: sorry. Oh, <laughs> well you <laughs> are there. Uh, which part?
1: Um, uh, the thing you said just now, like two minutes back. You asked me a question, right? Did you? Oh,
0: no, 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 don't apologize. Well, let me rephrase. There's no need to apologize because you haven't done anything wrong. Uh, The only bad communication is not communicating at all. Yeah, yeah. and too many people have a habit of doing that. I have had a habit of communicating too much. Apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the question is, do you have any questions?
1: Well, um, so I was listening to what you said, what you yes. were telling, and um, what I found interesting is uh, how you like how you explain the human existence, the reason, and uh, and you you uh, told that there's a logical uh, human truth. Yes. Right. So yeah, and also. Uh, I was uh, searching. Uh, uh, there's a you were expl- you you had a reference for uh, Last Man, the play. So I was uh, 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 searching for that as well, and I found it very interesting because I was also I'm also interested and I'm also like uh, I'm into uh, existentialism. I found it very interesting. And nihilism as well. So basically, uh, I found truth in those theories. So yeah, like, I found so, quite relevant for the like for the existence existence of the humans.
0: Hmm. Let's. Would you? Do you feel like uh, trying a little exercise with me? This is one you might be familiar with. Uh, have you heard the the question? Uh, if a tree falls in a forest and no human is there to hear it does it make a sound have you have you heard this one before
1: oh well um i think it does right
0: okay but what informs you that it would make a sound if no human is there
1: um oh that's a tough question, but tough question but um, um yeah
0: i'm not trying to put you on the spot now the reason why uh, yeah. is because most people will say yes of course it does it makes a sound because they they can imagine it and they believe that there's an existence uh, a, a reality that occurs whether they are we are present or not that is yeah. in a nutshell the basis behind nih- nihilism uh they've oh. gone so far as to say well it it makes it produces uh vibrations that trees might pick up uh, and it's really tortured it, it's, uh, much like when people are confronted with the fallacy of something uh, that they've been doing for many years, if not their whole life, and they want to try and reach into logically unstable areas to try and justify why they're still doing it or why anybody's still doing something. The point is, mm-hmm. is to consider what what occurs when humanity is not present is irrelevant to living our lives in the present, because it doesn't matter what occurs when humanity isn't present, because we're not present. Now, in terms of stewardship of our of our shared uh, existence on planet Earth, that is a little bit different because there's not many places where there isn't some human within 10 miles. Yeah. So in a very real sense, we're spanning the globe and and I, I tend to think of history as one giant human being, right who who has been going through you know its childhood, uh, uh, growing up through in civilization and now we're in our kind of late 20s. We know we're we're about to hit 30 and that's technically not young, but we're not there yet. and we're living a little dangerously getting our tongues pierced or something, something crazy, you know. Last minute, and, and it's still kind of a question whether or not we can make this. Yes? Yeah. Um, does that
1: make sense? It does. I yeah, I was thinking about it actually. Um,
0: well, the debate starts. This is this is the whole issue. Is that we are two minds. We are a subjective, and we are a, a subconscious sleeping mind. We are a conscious waking mind, just as we are a subjective existence within a collective species. And we can we can self-validate, uh, but all of us have been trained in America, at least. To have validation externally. So it, it's it's not a habit of ours to self-validate. We validate by our cars, our clothes, our position, our title, our education, and and our following.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. I found this conversation very really eye-opening because uh um, when I look around, people chase possessions, they, they found validation of themselves in, uh, as you said, in material things. But um, I found it very, un, I mean, uh, very um, saddening, uh, like, uh, to see how people uh, go after material positions and they are no longer uh think about themselves and uh their inner peace and everything. So I think they are in a uh they are in a how can I say that? Um it's like never ending um circle. Yeah, yeah. in like the circle. Like it, it will never end, which will never end.
0: It's like being stuck in high school forever.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah.
0: With all the clicks and and, and, and you know, mean girls and, and you know yeah, it's that's exactly what it's like. And you, it's counterintuitive, but what it seems to me in my analysis uh large scale systems is that people are kept in a childlike, emotional state by design.
1: Yeah.
0: Because those in power have a vested interest in staying in power, and they have for thousands of years. And they've had thousands of years to get really good at it. And the reason why they're really good at it is because they manipulate the concept of value Now, value, that's at the heart of why it's hard for people to validate themselves as uh, priceless and they seek material things or external validation. right? This is why money is evil. It's not the love of money that is evil, it's money itself because it is externalizing the source of value that we use to engage with each other on a fundamental level. Okay. Now, what what is the source of value? Do you do you know what what gives anything value? This is simple logic here. It's an either or pretty much. Um for example, is gold inherently valuable?
1: Yeah. Um something I found valuable is a conscious human conscious does
0: yes. it make yeah. yes, it is does uh, it make lasagna uh, would you say what would you value more a brick of gold or the lifelong, dedicated and compassionate focus and attention of another human being
1: second one, obviously, the second.
0: Yes. So the focused attention of one person is of far more value to anyone than any gold or position or flights to Mars. Now imagine this, then. This is what value is on a large scale. It's the ability through the concept that that is presented to gain the attention of the human collective at at a large scale and maintain their intention over time now money what's fascinating and why it keeps people's attention is it is reward without any responsibility for how the value was generated it doesn't matter who you are what age you are or what you've done in your life if you have a million dollars you have a million dollars True. So in light of that, what I have seen, what seems to be the most efficient way of of going about life is one, going ahead and growing up by imagining our death both mentally and intellectually and, and emotionally, putting ourselves before the process, death's door, and really feeling it like what that means and just and and accepting it, because there's nothing else we can do but accept it. Fighting it isn't going to help anything. So if nobody else can die your death for you, does it matter what anybody else thinks as far as how you need to be okay with your own death? Or is that solely your decision? Let me say that another way.
1: It's all my decision, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah it's, it's being ready. To be ready for death at any time means yeah. accepting it now and deciding how you want to go about being, living life in a simple way that will keep you ready for it at any time. For me, I just got to know that I always did my best. Well, what's, what's my best? That's determined by me. I can only give hundred percent. So if anything outside of life doesn't it doesn't think that my hundred percent is good enough, they can go to hell. I don't need them, and they're going to have a really arguable, argumentative uh, person in the afterlife if there is one. If they do, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: First of all, I don't want a reward that's forever. <laughs> What I want, if it's a reward for forever, is the way to end it. <laughs> oh, right. Seven million years in, I'll be like, "Let me off this crazy train." <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how old you are. You look about maybe twenty-four, uh, but if
1: you uh, 22, so yeah. Uh,
0: I feel I feel like many lifetimes old, and I'm not even half a century yet. So I can't imagine living seven hundred million years, uh, let alone singing praises and bowing before something
1: mm-hmm.
0: the fact that that we we think that's a reward is I can't I, you know I had to really get away from religion for a while before I could even like stop feeling guilty all the time uh-huh but If you want a simple process, at least one that I use that got me to this spot, is anything I'm looking at or seeing or trying to figure out, I ask myself first, is this loving? Is this what love would do? Are ultimatums loving? No. Okay, well, then I have my answer. It's easy to know what love isn't, especially when you're seeing it. But... The next one is if I have more than one answer in front of me after I ask myself, is it loving? Then I ask myself, which one is the simplest? Because mostly we're pretty lazy and we go we go for the simplest solutions. So that's usually the right one. And then third, if anything's left, I ask myself, is what I'm thinking of, does it manipulate free will? In other words, does it try and like awe me, or scare me, or control me in some way that is not uh, beneficial. Good intentions are usually fear-based. Uh, so what do you do, Malindi?
1: Well, uh, I'm from Sri Lanka. Uh, I'm not Ooh, quite sure what you have to it. has
0: been a lot going yeah. on. Now.
1: Yeah. And where are you from?
0: I'm from West Texas.
1: Oh, right. But I'm okay. living in
0: California right now.
1: Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm cu- currently I'm an undergraduate. Um, yeah.
0: Ah, what are you studying?
1: I study French language, English, and international relations.
0: Hmm oh well then this then, you you're in the right ch- uh chat room right now because it, <coughs> if you, how can you talk to anybody if you don't have the same understanding to start from sure. and de- default back to and what i love this because it's zero and one either it is or it isn't yeah. don't let anybody tell you differently in international relations or communications There is no gray area when it comes to right and wrong.
1: Exactly, yes. Yeah.
0: Like, the United Nations is an oxymoron. It should just say united. (laughs) Because when they say nations, they're implying they're not united.
1: Exactly, agreed. I fully agree with you, because uh currently we are like we are facing a very tough uh, uh situation in sri lanka um so it's like uh, uh there's a, a economic crisis going here because politicians are like they are corrupted and they stole money they have stolen money from uh from taxes and everything now uh our country is bankrupted and like people have like no money, like they don't have resources, like uh, the basic needs, they can't fulfill their basic needs and uh, all happen because of the, like, you know, and their corrupted uh, ruling system. So
0: you don't need yes, it. Uh, there, I have a system you can use actually to replace money. A simple, a simple system if you have anybody who can upload to the blockchain Mm
1: -hmm. serious really yeah and you can take
0: you can you can take credit credit for it but i mean the point is is it you know i don't even want credit for it it's but it is a system and it works uh let me give Uh you the link so you can read it and 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 i'd be happy to explain it to you okay
1: yeah I'll try reading it and I'll ask questions if there's any doubt.
0: I believe, I believe it will translate in Adobe. So uh, let me get the link. OK. okay. <clears throat> so in the, in, it's another system and it's simple. Uh, what it does is it assumes that we're not going to punish anyone. right? We're only rewarding any activities that are beneficial not only to the two people who are submitting a transaction, a social engagement, but it has to demonstrably benefit for other people because mathematically, we are separated from each other globally by six people. If you know six people, by extension, you know if you trace all of their friends by six, you know the whole world. So this is what it is. Love, let me give you a little context. Love, let me start a different way. You know what safety is, right? Work safety? Yeah. Work safety, for it to work at work requires full transparent and open communication at all levels and everyone within that safety system has to be able to access anyone within the system that they need to at any time to address a safety issue and everyone has the ability to stop all work at any time without repercussion. That is safety culture. Do Mm -hmm. do you any questions on that? Do you understand that concept?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oddly, uh, interestingly, a pattern match for that communication pattern exactly is loving ourselves and loving others. You have to love yourself first First, and and, and 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 internalize yourself before you can can understand how how to love others. Yeah. And that and that is communication is that, communication that, you, have that you have to deploy in operations, operations for safety environment. For safety environment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Therefore, therefore it is possible it is to quantify, to quantify love because, we can, love quantify because we can quantify safety. So for the so, human collectives to which we are demonstrating my <laughs> We have the concept of uh, filial love. It's a Greek term, but really what it means is uh, giving to another without any expectation of getting anything back. It's the expression of love for one another that is expressed without expectation of return, or at least it is a love that is paid forward for which we may not see or experience it any returns directly, subjectively, or even within our lifetimes. Yet it is expressed regardless of that potential possibility. Okay, do you follow me so far? Yes. Yeah. I'm sending you. I'm sending you the link in in uh, uh, here. Uh, okay, sorry, I had to go into the chat. Do, do, do paste. Here we go. There's the link so you can read along if you like. It's not very long. So we can demonstrate publicly for all to witness by the application of online blockchain accounting ledgers the task of identifying expressions of this type of safety or love. We can see for ourselves it is quantifiable, knowable, and a concept that utilizes our ability to mark social engagements through the mindful labeling of those things, which meets simple yeah. logical <laughs> metric requirements. Now, non-fungible token—I don't know if you know what that is. What it does is it marks an asset in the digital space in a way that it can't be. That it can't be. Uh, well, it can be tracked. It can be tracked. You can know who created it. You can know how many layers it, is. it? it's a way of tracking digital assets. So, with that in mind, when two people engage in any kind of transaction, let's say you and I are engaged in a transaction and you are a therapist and I need some therapy. I come to you and I say, I need some therapy. And you say, I can give you therapy. What would you like to achieve? And we decide what we need, want to achieve in the therapy. We write it down in an uh, agreement and we upload it to the digital uh, space and then we apply an NFT to it so then we can track it. In the agreement, we define ourselves within it by putting an NFT on our subconscious mind as priceless and inviable. In other words, nobody can buy it, us; nobody can own us, and we are priceless and our conscious mind is the representative of us subjectively and our subconscious mind is how we are connected to the collective. So we're representing ourselves uh, in that way. So in putting ourselves in the agreement by NFTing a description of our uh, subconscious we are attached to that agreement and it can be uploaded if it meets this requirement to the blockchain and tracked over time, and anybody can track it and search it and see our engagements with others, our agreements. And if we if it's if it's on the blockchain, that means that we met the agreement, you completed it, and and everybody was happy. Does that make sense?
1: Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: So The submitted agreement must benefit the two submitters and an additional four people by 80%. Right? It means it has to be a benefit to you and me by 80 demonstrable uh, factors, 80%, without surpassing a handicap of 19 negative or neutral factors, right? Like, in other words, if we do an agreement, like we're doing this therapy, but we burn down three forests while we're doing it, that's a negative effect right? That might actually surpass 19%. So if it doesn't meet the metric, nobody's punished. It just doesn't get uh, uploaded to the blockchain. Now the system, I call it, is the holistic uniformity gratitude system of logical validity or hugs. You like hugs?
1: Yeah, I so do. It's <laughs> easy to remember. It's cool. pe-
0: hugs holistic uniformity gratitude system where participants can submit to any blockchain through the anthropocentric gauge and potential valuation filter, which is a long way of saying agape, which is Greek for filial love. Successful meeting of the progressively increasing metrics for each social engagement category releases a trackable NFT to each direct participant as well as each benefiting participant who are associated and benefit uh, from the transaction so people can track it. And that's it. That's all it does is track. And one goes back into the archive. The more people engage, the more value it inherently builds because it's a trust system that places humans at the center center of our engagements. as having unlimited potential instead of money. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. You don't have to use it. It's not a, it's not required. This is an open source thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't have to be attributed or anything, uh, but uh yeah, if anybody has any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Now, there's, there's other things that go with it. For instance, if you want to, there is a system of engagement that's decentralized called the Hatch Open uh, Organizational Structure. This is uh, mm-hmm. basically Gandhi's uh, communal anarchy. It's keeping power close to the people. And those who are in the team or the leadership positions, quote-unquote leadership positions, are anonymous, and they can't tell anybody that they're on the board or whatever until after they serve their term. That way, there's no power attached to the position, and they can focus on their job. Yeah, why All elect somebody to a position in government? Why not make them go serve it like if they were getting a jury summons, right? Yeah. You just got to take people's egos out of it. No secret meetings, no top-level, high-level defense, anything that they can't tell anybody. If they can't tell everybody, then they shouldn't be doing it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, it does.
0: Yeah. If you wouldn't be willing to do it in front of your grandmother, why are you doing it? Or it's time for grandmother to get with the times, right? Right. <laughs> uh, the thing is, it, you, the application to progressively increasing value of expending personal social time and energy on the unlimited potential of another human being's endeavors with another by identifying those beneficial engagements or transactions that we want to see more of by making them accessible to all within the human collective and open and transparent on the blockchain architecture of the ledger. All it is is an online ledger, like an accounting ledger, whereby growth is limited, right? With hard assets and direct participation value rather than stock investment or substituting our participation participation with money, money. right? That will increasingly apply unseen subjective social pressure to make the right collective beneficial decisions With the knowledge of our inherent connections to each other. Because over time, as you build reputation, you can pass that reputation on to your loved ones or your partners. And they won't wanna screw up the value you have built up over time in your engagements with people. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, why people, safety is what people do when no one is looking. So how do you make somebody be safe or put on a hard hat when nobody's looking or put on safety boots? They won't unless they've seen somebody get their foot chopped off or they've had their foot injured. Now we've all been burned by being hungry and poor. (laughs) All of us, we've been taken advantage and we've been powerless. But the fact is, it's just like it takes two people to fight, it takes two people to make a victimless, or victim engagement. Not that the victim is responsible for being victimized, but victims, us, we need to understand how we allowed ourselves to be put in a position where we could be victimized. We gotta learn. We gotta and learn. And that's what this does, and, and it's, this you can't be, the it only thing I would say is it has, say, to, stay it has stay to stay simple. It has to stay uh, zeros and ones and the 80/20 mix on this. So if somebody submits a, a social engagement to the blockchain and you submit it for therapy twice, the second time the the metric increases by 1%, so it's not 80%, it's 81% and the handicap is now 18%. So that makes people work harder to to have better engagements as it grows. Let me ask you this: Do you know who invented the wheel? Sorry. Do you know who invented the wheel? It's a rhetorical question. Nobody knows who invented the wheel, but we all benefit. Yeah. If I had invented the wheel, that would be enough. Just knowing that everybody's lives is better because of it, I could care less if I ben- if I if I have riches or anything. I just want I want everybody's day not to be so hard. And you sound like you might want to too. So uh, I sent you the leak. If you got any questions, you know where to find me. I'm going to be here uh, with my public challenge, I'm daring anybody to freaking invalidate my premise. <laughs> so it's been a pleasure having you uh, this evening.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's as I said it's quite eye opening to uh, listen to you. And Um keep doing this uh like it will be like it's very beneficial for for the audience and
0: yeah. That is appreciated. Thank you so much for the feedback. Um yeah, I don't want to ever be transactional. I don't charge for my art and because I give it away for free, people hire me to do jobs. So so far I've I've been able to stay out of debt and not borrow any money and I'm hoping to continue to, to do so. Um, and hopefully the having the eye-opening experience isn't as frightening for you as it was for me two years ago. I, I about had a panic attack looking around at everybody. I was like, is, everybody, is anybody else seeing what I'm seeing? Everyone's like walking around with their eyes wide open and not seeing anything.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, same question for me as well because as i said earlier people are running like running after the things that will not beneficial for them in in the long run right because um like they don't have like they don't have a real purpose it's like uh they don't live in the moment yeah right. so yeah
0: so i believe if i believe in giving people the truth that's yes, all please. they need. Nature will take care of the rest. It's, it's, exactly. If anybody is trying to sell the keys to success or the secrets to spiritual enlightenment, they don't have them because if they did, they would give them away for free because all boats rise together. Your success is my success. That is value enough. I should never charge for it.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for honoring me uh, by joining me tonight. Uh, I wish you the best and uh, hope to see you soon.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and end it tonight.
1: Okay. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. Bye
0: bye. You too.